slaves shall serve him, it says, and they shall see his face. It is one thing to be in the kingdom, another to be in the city. To be in the city is to be so near to the Lord that you can see his eyebrows, you can see the color of his eyes, you can see the te his teeth, you can see everything about him, you are so near. They shall see his face. Such proximity, such nearness, such relationship. Well, I must be careful, I shall get carried away altogether, um, and we will not get where we have to get tonight. But you see, I don't, I'm not afraid of this, uh, the spiritual side. I feel very sorry for people who just want to tramp on streets of gold and through pearly gates. Um, I've never understood all those songs uh, about uh, tramping on these golden uh, streets and so on. What is gold? It's nothing. We've only made its value. Pearl. It's all, it's again, it's all symbolic. The gold is purified. You've never seen gold like it. Most people like gold that is uh, obviously gold. <laughs> this is gold you can see through. Does anyone want to wear gold you can see through? I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it doesn't seem to have much. Rain, but what is a pearl? A pearl is a, is produced by a bit of debris, rotten debris falling into the softest part of a clam. And the whole clam is mobilized to eject it. And it puts a coat around it. One coat, two coats, three coats, four coats, five coats, ten coats, and twelve coats, until you have a pearl. It's symbolic. You and I are rotten bits of debris. Some of us don't see that. We think we're just wonderful people. God looks upon us all as rotten bits of debris. Blotsam and jetsam. Worthless, really. Fallen human beings. Saved by the grace of God. Then the worthless bit of grit becomes a pearl. It's all symbolic. But we mustn't spiritualize the whole matter of Jerusalem away. As if there's something up there. Interesting, a lot of Christians have got this idea that this city is up there. It's never going to come down to earth. It says it will come down to earth, this new Jerusalem. I find that very interesting. I've, I've never been able to understand this uh, uh, concept so many Christians have, that we're going to float away into some into space, I don't know quite where it is, but into the ether, as it were, and there we're going to play harps forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, as I always say, sort of in some kind of glorified nighty, <laughs> on a damp cloud, somewhere where Mars is, or that I don't understand the idea. Where do they get this idea that we one day will all float away somewhere else? And, and this... This new Jerusalem is going to be somewhere there, you see. But it doesn't say that. It says this new Jerusalem has cut, will come down <clears throat> out of heaven, having the glory of God. And God says, and I will dwell amongst them, and they shall be my people. And it's the earth that he's talking about. This old earth, redeemed, 
renewed, marvelously restored to what God not only originally intended, but for what he originally set as his goal. Do you know we don't even know what that is? We have no idea what the Lord really was going to do with this planet and with us on it. Because sin cut across everything and paralyzed everything. As it says in Romans 8, and the whole natural creation is subjected to futility, to corruption. But one day it will all end with the coming of the King. And Jerusalem is the key to it. Because the throne of the Lord shall be there. The Lord himself will be there. We mustn't spiritualize this thing away into something up there. There is this old city. And God has a purpose for her. He has not finished with this old city. The king is coming. And when the king's feet touch down, as it were, on the Mount of Olives, and he once again walks on the streets of this old city, then all the suffering and all the war and all the conflict will be over. Then the wolf and the lamb will lie down together and the leopard and the kid will lie down together. A child will be able to play with a cobra and put its hand inside a viper's den. Can you believe it? You see, it's not only war between men, it's war in the natural creation. The wolf and the lamb do not lie down together normally. A leopard and the kid don't lie down together. You can't play games with the viper. Certainly a child cannot. It is an amazing picture in Isaiah 11 when the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So this is the first point I just want to underline very simply. God has a destiny for this Jerusalem. It is to do with the Jerusalem which is above. But this Jerusalem will not disappear. Not all the wars that are predicted will destroy her. No, she will not disappear until the king comes. And then and only then will she fade into the glory of that Jerusalem which is from above. Now I want to make another point, And that is we're on the way to that. Very simply. And I'm not just talking about being on the way in a general manner. I want you to take note of the incredible fulfillment of God's prophetic word. Because it has Jerusalem at its heart. For instance, you've, some of you have heard me again. I'm so glad half of you have never been to one of these conferences. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, I, I always list these things. I have eight things tonight. Normally I have seven, so we've added one. Um, uh, here they are, listen. First, 
the fertility of the land has been uh, recreated. It's unbelievable. I can't stay on it, but we don't have time. But this land was eroded, treeless, waterless, desert, and where there was water, it was malarial swamps. It is unbelievable to see what has happened to this land. In 100 years, her fertility has been recreated. We've still got a way to go, but it is amazing to me when I, you go down the Arava now and see green fields and vineyards. It is unbelievable when you go to the Golan and you see on the Golan what has happened just in the last half generation. Um, I mean, it is amazing uh, what has happened. The fertility has been recreated just as God's prophetic word said. I cannot, I haven't the time to quote all the scriptures. I could quote hundreds of scriptures that say that the Lord will restore the land. He will restore the trees. He will cause the mountains to shoot forth branches. He will cause the land to be tilled and sown. The latter rains and the former rains shall be restored. All these marvelous scriptures. That's the first thing. The fertility has been recreated. The second thing, ecology has been restored. It is amazing what has happened to the ecology of this land. So damaged by thousands of years of neglect. Now being restored. Incredible what has happened. Even I have seen the extraordinary return of the rains. Uh, 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 it, it is amazing uh, the return of animals and birds that for so long have been absent from the land I always quote the pelicans who apparently want to stay here now uh, instead of going on to um, Eastern Europe and, um, and uh, uh, Russia the Ukraine they want to stay here now. Who, what decent, sophisticated pelican would have ever wanted to stay in this country? It was only a stopover, a halfway house on the way to Eastern Europe and elsewhere. But now pelicans in their thousands want to stay, much to the horror of our fish farmers um, uh, uh, here. But I mean, it is an ecology. It is extraordinary. I could mention a whole number of other things as well in this connection. But then I think of the cities that have been rebuilt. Some of them have been 2,000 years in ruin. Is that not a remarkable thing? Nowhere else in the world have cities that have been in ruins uh, for some two millennia been rebuilt not as Disneyland's, tourist Disneyland's, but as uh, living, volatile, normal cities with all the problems of normal cities. I mean, it is made, I must move on swiftly. The exiles are regathering. Is there another part of the world where a nation has been scattered to every single part of the globe and in one single century had returned? More and more and more and more to come. I think it is, of course, the greatest miracle of all will be when American jury finally comes home. That will be far greater than anything to do with the, the so what we call Soviet jury. It will happen. I don't know how the Lord will do it, but he has every kind of uh, means of doing and fulfilling his own purpose. He will do it. It will happen. 
the exiles are regathering, or I think of uh, the state recreated in 1948. Uh, the folks we're making peace with call it the catastrophe. Uh, God calls it the triumph. It was the time when the state of Israel finally reappeared on the face of the earth after 1,900 years absence. When I think of the language Hebrew for 1,700 years unspoken as a language of the market, a language of the street, a language of the home, uh, I, I think it is amazing that today Hebrew is spoken everywhere uh, in the land. A hundred years ago, there was no Hebrew spoken. It was a liturgical language for the synagogue. It is amazing to me that it has been reborn. Then you see all these marvelous things. I think of the national institutions that have been restored the police force, the army, the air force, the navy, the universities, the presidency, the Knesset. I could go on and on all these national institutions that have for 1,900 years or more been absent, restored. Now, my dear friends, this is my point. Jerusalem is the key to this whole thing. Because in the end, it is to Jerusalem that the king, the Messiah, returns. Now, Jerusalem is rebuilt. Do you know of any city in the world that has as many cranes as Jerusalem? This, I, I, I have known Jerusalem pretty well uh, uh, intimately from 1968. I, I, I cannot think of a single time from when I knew Jerusalem that I haven't seen cranes. I mean, even when there's been recession, it, you would never know it. Even when there's been economic problems, even in war, there's everywhere there's building, 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 building. Those of you who are Jerusalemites, you know very well what I'm talking about. Sometimes it gets on our nerves. Everywhere we look, we see trains swinging around up and down and noise and hammering and I don't know what else. And today it is just as much as ever, if not more. Jerusalem is being rebuilt. It is amazing. I, I travel all over the world. There are few cities, capital cities, that I think are as beautiful as Jerusalem. She is a beautiful city with her parks and her gardens. When I think of a hundred years ago, not that I was here a hundred years ago, <laughs> uh, but when I think of a hundred years ago, when Jerusalem was, as one traveler put it, um, a stinking mess. No proper sewage. No proper water system, I mean piped water. The whole place, a dereliction. The British did their best with it. They did, they did something with it. We, we have to say that. But um, they did a lot of other things too. But they did try. But today... It is amazing to me to walk around this city. I say, this is God's prophetic word. 
How do you explain it? Is God merely interested in buildings, in streets, in parks? Is he interested merely in the fertility of the earth, the ecology of the area? Is he interested only in cities being rebuilt with all the sin and problems that are within the cities? Surely it is a prelude. It is a preparation. Something, it's as if all the scenery is being put into place for the final act. It is something amazing that we are the witnesses of. My, my, and now here's another point I want to make. It's not only that you should take note of the fulfillment of God's prophetic word, because there is yet more to come. I'll say something about that in a moment. The second thing is, you should recognize, understand, the fury of God's enemy. There is a mobilization in the whole of hell to frustrate God's purpose. Satan knows better than most Christians that if this city is prepared for the coming of the king, it is his end. He wants the throne. It began like that if you know your Bible. You will know, he said, I will be like the Most High. I will take my throne up to the throne of God. It is Satan himself and all his minions. Oh, his fury over this city. I, uh, I only have to mention a few things to you. The Holocaust. The Holocaust, in my estimation... And I will say no more, but the Holocaust, in my estimation, was the major attempt of the enemy to thwart and frustrate the purpose of God to save the Jewish people. And God turned it to good. There would have been no state of Israel but for the Holocaust. The very thing that Satan tried to do, God made the catalyst for this state of Israel. There was no alternative for the Jewish people. Or again, I think of six wars in 52 years. Zechariah the prophet tells us there will be wars. He says it in Zechariah chapter 12, right through to chapter 14. He predicts war after war after war fought over Jerusalem. The interesting thing is Jerusalem has been nothing for hundreds of years. Who in their right mind would fight over Jerusalem 150 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago? What were they fighting over? A derelict little village town. Actually, 200 years ago, something like 20,000 inhabitants. The capital of nothing. Who would fight over such a city? But Zechariah said, one of the signs of the end, I'm putting it in my own words, one of the signs of the end will be when Jerusalem comes back into her own and then suddenly there will be war after war after war after war fought over her, her status and her destiny. 
We have seen six wars in 52 years, and the bottom line of every one of those wars has been Jerusalem. It is amazing to me that the 47-48 war of independence ended with Israel trial. And again, I think of the 67 war when it looked as if Israel would be lost. And she ended up three times, four times the size with Jerusalem reunited. The enemy's changed his tactics. I know some may be upset by what I say here, but I will say it. The enemy's changed his tactics just at present from war as such to peace. It's a peace process now, but the same end is to divide, moralize, fragment, and finally destroy Jerusalem, uh, uh, destroy Israel, and Jerusalem is the bottom line. They want Jerusalem. They cannot give up Jerusalem. Jerusalem means to the Islamic world something that it doesn't seem to mean to the Christian world. It represents the triumph of Islam over Judaism and the triumph of Islam over Christianity. They cannot give it up. Now, if you have people who are Muslims who don't really believe, who are benign and benevolent, and there are many good Muslims as such, loving, decent, honest people, of course they're happy that we should all live together in this city. But Islam as Islam cannot give up Jerusalem. There's no way. That's why when you have fundamentalist Islam, militant Islam, believing Islam, it cannot let go of Jerusalem. Jerusalem's the bottom line. It, in this peace process, unless Israel is prepared to compromise and compromise and compromise and compromise, there, there will never be any peace. And then if Israel does compromise, it will not be peace. It will be her annihilation. Now, my dear friends, I only mention this because I believe that the powers of darkness have mobilized in a colossal way. See the fight that goes on now, that is beginning now. It will grow and grow in these coming months concerning Jerusalem. How can this matter be solved? Only by the king. There is no peace for this city till the prince of peace comes. There will be no future for her till the king comes. I mean, and when I say a future, I mean a future of peace and of normal life. But I must uh, go on. There's another point I want to make on this. I want you to recognize the certainty of the divine fulfillment through grace. If God has been so careful to fulfill his prophetic word in all the ways I have talked about, do you not think he is going to fulfill the rest? 
Do you not think that when he says there will come a day when all the nations of the earth will come to Jerusalem, when they will come up to serve the Lord God, that will not also be fulfilled? Of course, the rest is something far less than that. The greater thing is the salvation of the nations. It is the salvation of the Jewish people. That is far, far greater than anything else. So, my dear friends, all I'm trying to say is this. You and I need to recognize the certainty of divine fulfillment. God is going to fulfill to the letter everything he has said about this part of the world and this city. In fact, I think the municipality probably doesn't know it, but God is using them to prepare the city for its coming king. Mm -hmm.